Welcome back to the 1% Podcast. Wait, actually, you know what? We are going through a name change. We're in the transition period to be the Pivot and Go Podcast. Now, why are we doing the Pivot and Go Podcast? Yes, my book is named Pivot and Go, and it's had great success, and I'm super excited about the book, but the main reason is all of these guests, these unbelievable people that we're able to have on the podcast have all gone through a situation in their life where they felt stuck, where it was difficult to get out of, and they had to pivot, had to go through a life pivot. So we're going to talk in depth to these high performers, these NBA players, these people we all want to learn from and figure out how they pivoted and started to live the life they are living now. So one percenters will still be taking these one percent daily steps of pouring into ourselves to pour into others. And that will still be the piece. But we have to first pivot before we can take these one percent steps to lead to our breakthrough blueprint to come. So one percenters, we are now becoming the Pivot and Go podcast. Today on the podcast with my guest host, Ray McCullum, we have an NBA stud, Ben McLemore. Now, Ben's story is very, very interesting. He was a highly recruited McDonald's All-American, played at Kansas, big time NBA first round draft pick, played for the Sacramento Kings, had a great rookie season, second season, and then, and then he got injured. He got injured. He was with Memphis, and he got—he he was down and out. He was pretty much counted out of the league. He wasn't—he wouldn't play anymore in the NBA. Was what everybody was telling him. But he got his opportunity. He prepared for his opportunity day after day after day, like he was still going to be the great player that he'd always been, the great player that he knew he could be. And he got that opportunity with the Houston Rockets and made the absolute most of it. Now, Ben has a thriving NBA career with a long career ahead of him, but it wasn't easy. He's been through obstacles in his life, in his personal life, in his with his family, and just everything has been thrown at Ben, but he has been able to pivot and go to reach his success preparing daily for the opportunity so we're going to go in depth on that and so much more with ben mclemore on the pivot and go podcast so one percenters buckle up because here we go so let me ask you a question have you ever felt stuck in a situation that you just couldn't see out of and you have these goals, you have dreams, you, you, you want to really achieve your success in life, good news. My first book, Pivot and Go, is officially out. Sold out on Amazon day one. Don't worry, there's more in stock now. Trending towards becoming a New York Times bestseller. It's about pivoting your mindset, seeing things from a slightly different perspective that can literally open up your entire perspective on life and lead you to achieving your success. It's a 29-day blueprint, 28 to make a habit, 29 to make it a lifestyle, to have you living with a great life rhythm and just being able to pivot out of any situation and absolutely attack and achieve your dreams. Check it out. It's on Amazon. It's on my website, davidnurse.com. Anywhere books live, call your local bookstore. Check it out. Let me know. Post what you learn about the book or if you got the book, send a picture and I'll shout you out personally. Appreciate you one percenters. Oh, yes. The feeling of a great night's sleep. Nothing is better when you wake up just fully recharged and ready to attack the day. And there is one main key. 
that I use to optimize my sleep. Now, I work with a lot of NBA players, CEOs, high performers to optimize sleep, and this is the number one thing I always recommend to them, and that is the Chili Pad. Chili Technology Chili Pad or the Uller, another level up, which what this does is it, it goes underneath your blanket when you sleep so you don't even really feel it and it cools your body temperature to the desired temperature you choose now optimal being 65 degrees or i like to actually get really really cold at about 58 degrees and you just it, it gives you the regenerate regenerative restorative sleep higher rem better deep sleep better hrv it's just literally a game changer for the cost of like two cents or one cent a night it costs way more to pump your air conditioning than it does to have a chili pad and for you one percenters we have a super special pricing deal for you check in the show notes it'll show you exactly how much you can save on the chili pad and the Euler. and if you're serious about literally anything in life sleep is necessary not just necessary but it is so so needed check it out right now let me know what you think i think actually i know it will Change the game for your sleep. Chili Pad, Uller, get it. Ben McLemore, welcome to the 1% Podcast with me and my man, Ray McCollum. Ben, how are you doing coming from Sacramento? Good, man. How you guys? Hey, we're great. We're great, Ray. We're real good. Out you know here. this guy, huh? You, you know this guy well. Known him forever, man. This is my guy right here. Yeah. Got dreads and everything now. He's all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> just got out the playoffs, so he's living good. Okay, all right, yeah. We so yeah. you'll have some dirt on him then, since you know him really well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Expose everything. Expose it, <laughs> Ben. Let's jump into it, man. Start us off with a bang, something away from basketball that maybe not too many people know about you. Uh, I mean, I think some people know, but not like you said that not not too many people know. Yeah, uh, I like to rap. I like to write music. Um. Nice. I'm trying to learn how to make beats and things like that and stuff. So I won't say I'm a rapper, but I like to do that on free time and times that I have um, when I'm not playing basketball, obviously, like a hobby. Yeah, no, man, that that's awesome. And you are a rapper. If you're doing it, you speak it into existence and it will happen. Trust me, I'm a big believer on that. That's this book doing back here in this in this picture. Yeah. I was never an author, but I said, hey, I'm going to be an author and just made, made it happen. So you'll absolutely do that. My question is, will you have sure. Ray on a track with you? I mean, well, that well first off, he doesn't try probably, get, he doesn't so I've know. Been Boy. I've been trying to get Ray on a track since we got drafted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm just, I'm just saying I'm waiting on the right day. But what he said, he's trying to learn how to make beats. I actually know how to make professional beats. I don't, I don't know if you ever knew that. I know how to do all that. I remember. So funny story. When uh, we was with SAC, and we was in, I think your room and my room, we made, started making the, uh, some type of Oh, yeah, of we were in Toronto. We were in Toronto. We were in Toronto. Like, hey, we made a video. Uh, See, he remembers it. I think oh, we got to pump that out there, man. You remember yep, you yeah, I have it in the archives for sure. I love it. We got to get that out there to the world. That's cool. That's really, really cool that you have a passion outside of basketball that you're going to be pursuing and making making your move after you're done playing. So that's that's awesome. Absolutely, uh, Ben. Let's jump into your into your background. You've been like super highly successful coming out of high school, Kansas, getting drafted with the Kings. What was the first time that you found like? Because you have an amazing story of overcoming adversity, which we'll dive deeper into. But when was the time that you found, like, 
hey, the NBA, like, this is this is the real deal. Like, I'm not just killing everybody out here like I was in high school and just and, and at Kansas. Right. When did you find out that, man, this is this is the real deal? Um, was there a moment in the man. NBA where you, you – I mean, was, was it going against Ray in practice that, that really got you? We always competed. It wasn't – that was, that was <laughs> yeah. something we always did. Um, damn, Ray, you got to help me a little bit. I, I would say I got you. just what game, though, like really made me no, – no, Yeah, yeah. Or game or the any way I like, look at situation. It, like I would say this. I would think our first two years when we were in SAC, you were 20. I was 21, 22. We were like young little kids, man. I feel like we didn't have a worry in the world. We were showing up to the games, playing. Everything was all good. For me, I felt like it kind of got super real after the second year going to year three. For me, it was my contract year. For you guys, you guys had Rondo coming in. You had a whole new team. It was Rudy's, what, second year there, third year there. Because, like, it was – you guys kind of needed, like, there was pressure. You needed to make the playoffs. And you're coming into year three. You're being a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And for me, I felt like that's when it kind of got real. Yeah. I could say I could just stepping out there on the court and playing against all these all-star guys, the James Harden, LeBron James. Um, who else? Playing against, you know, Kobe, you know, Tim Duncan, all these, you know, Hall of Famers and just seeing them and just playing against them. That also, I would say, just like, oh, man, this is just the real deal. This ain't no high school. This ain't no college. This is the big man league right here. This is the big man league. So that moment right there as well, too, I, I, I would say. Yeah, and that's, and that's an, uh, like, just such a credit to the hard work, the tenacity that you put in to realize mm-hmm. that these guys are at this high level. Now I have to get to that level. And you, I mean, you did. Your first four years with the Kings were, were awesome. What were, what are some of the things that you've done throughout your career, like habits or routines that you really just made sure that you're going to be the best player every time you step on the floor? Just continuing to work on my craft. Um, yeah. But I was obviously good at shooting. Um, obviously working on that every summer, my ball handling, um, just overall my craft, you know what I mean? Just trying to get better each and every season, um, to prove that, you know, I belong in this league. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good point to prove that you belong in the league. It's one of the most challenging things people don't understand about the NBA. You have to prove yourself every single night. Like you have to go out there and I know Ray knows this. It's just constant pressure to perform at the highest level. And I love what you talked about, Ben, of you're a shooter. You're a great shooter. And you focused on your strengths. That's what got you back into a really prominent role with the Houston Rockets is you focused on your strengths. And far too often people will just, hey, this is my weakness. I have to make my weakness better. But focusing on your strengths. One, a guy that I grew up with and that I work with, Kyle Korver, like he is the, uh, the epitome of that, just focusing on shooting 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 be the best that he can be at that and and uh yeah it's it's awesome to see that you do that Spe- speaking of i don't want to jump too far ahead but it's interesting that you said uh just proving yourself how how was it going into year seven this past mm-hmm. season you know what i mean more guys are trying to prove themselves when they're a rookie couple first couple years in the right. league 
but this year is when you really, really had to prove yourself. What was what was that like for you? Man, um it was it was that moment where I was like, hey, like all this hard work that I've done to get here to this point to be in the league. Um and obviously was out of the league for a while and really had to mentally tell myself like you have to do what you did to get in this league ten times like on a ten time like ten times better or ten times more if you wanted to get to the next or stay in this league and things like that. And then I just made that as an effort a focus and continue, like you said, work on my my craft, work on what I do best, and went to workouts and things like that. And, you know, obviously the Houston Rock was one of the teams that seemed that I still have it. You know, I still have the athleticism. I still can shoot the ball, still can guard, things like that. And then they gave me the opportunity, and I, I ran with it. Yes, and that's preparing for the opportunity. Like you said, working on your craft daily. So when that opportunity came, you were ready for it. A lot of people will feel bad for themselves and not be ready for that opportunity to come. But you're, you, you absolutely were. And talking about that, man, like, is, do you feel the pressure? Did you feel the intense pressure? Like, man, this might be my last shot. Like, if I don't make this work, I might not be in the NBA. I won't lie. Um, and breaking yeah. and vouch for me, too. Like, you know, it was moments where – you know, we sat down, I think where we was at, Ray, we was talking about, you know, different teams fit for me and, you know, having different overseas uh, teams call and giving me a great deal and things like that. And I was just mentally wasn't prepared or ready to go that way yet. And even Ray was a good, obviously my best friend and, and telling me like, I don't think like, that's for you right now. I'm like, that's not you right now. I'm like, I think you just, you know, continue to do what you do and wait. Like, someone's going to call. And obviously, that's what I did. And But I did have a moment where it's like, damn, like, once Sacramento cut me, and it was just like, damn, like, what next? And then I didn't hear no phone calls. Nobody was calling. And I kind of was like, dang, like, I always talked to Ray. and was like, man, like, I don't like, I don't know. I'm not getting no calls. And he was just like, just stay, stay with it. You know, someone's going to call, man, you're a hell of a player, you're the top lot, you're a lottery pick. You know, someone's going to give you an opportunity, and you just have to, you know, stay ready. And, you know, when, you, when they call, just go out there and do what you need to do. So, And he did, man. It was crazy. Because I remember when Sack, uh, when Sack let you go, it was like during the All-Star break, trade that line around that time, right? Mm-hmm. And then I remember you came back out here to L.A., and – he was in the gym going crazy. And he was working out with Clint Parks. Love it. Out there at Sports Academy. That's why That's Nurse awesome. and I were trying to be like you now. We're up there every day. <laughs> and uh and I know it's tough, bro. It's it's tough. I mean, I've never obviously been in your situation, but in similar situations, and I've seen so many things over the course of the years, different players. And I remember we were um we were actually with uh Ben's Ben's uh uh, manager has one of his uh, business partners. We were in uh, we were in West Hollywood at one of these little coffee shops. Oh yeah! And I remember Ben Ben hit me up like, "Hey, we got to talk." And I was like, "I'm come meet up with him, talk face to face." And I remember some teams overseas were offering him deals, and it was a couple teams in the league that were trying to get you on deals that just didn't make sense. Right. And I was just telling him, man, just stay with it. And he was grinding every day, 
and he got the he got the perfect opportunity to right call in Houston, and it worked out. It worked out great. Absolutely. And he, you know, maximized his opportunity. Absolutely. So, one thing about Ben, man, yeah. everything in the end, it always works out for him. <laughs> but yeah. that's, I mean, that's God's plan yeah, for us. For like sure. it is trusting in the gifts and skills that He's given you and maximizing yeah. them, and not ever giving up, man. And your story is one of never giving up. Now, uh, it, it really interesting, Ben. I was there the day at SAC gym in UCLA when you got injured. Like, I'll go up there all the time in the summertime. So I saw that go down in the offseason. And it was a pretty brutal injury, obviously, as you know. And that's another another obstacle oh, I, that you – When I broke my foot? What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Oh, you was there? I was up there every oh, day. Wow. I'd be up there every day at those because everybody was up there at the runs. So I, I saw it go down, man, and – I mean, that's that's something that's so hard to overcome because you yeah. haven't – I mean, you're you're that athletic. You're that good, and you come down with this injury. What what what, what was difficult, and how did you overcome the – just the, the, the inset that, man, I, I, just, I just broke my ankle. Now I got, I, got to, I got to come back. I got to battle back. The first difficult part was that I just signed to Memphis, ah, which was crazy. Yeah. I had – just signed in Memphis. I celebrated with my, my family back home in St. Louis. And then we went to a vacation home that we always go to, um, Lake Ozarks. And I went back yep. to L.A. and played at, was playing at the Rico Runs literally right after I just signed with Memphis. And was playing in the runs with all the pro guys and stuff. And then I just came down with somebody's foot and didn't know because I was still playing. I thought I just, you know, kind of tweaked it. So I played, like, I came, went up and down. And then when I came back, I just was, like, kind of, like, my knee felt like it, it buckled. And I'm like, man, it, my foot hurts. So I walked all the way, you know, to my car, like, all the way to my car, like, hurting. And drove myself all the way to, like, the doctor and stuff like that, get an x-ray and stuff. And that's when they told me my shit was fractured. Um, and right then, I was like, damn. <laughs> like, like what the hell like yeah and, and if you know me like throughout my years and you know playing basketball from elementary middle school high school college and to the nba i rarely have injuries like god forbid I, heard, I, I, yeah. I rarely wow. have injuries even if i tweak my ankle or something like that you know yeah. it takes me a day or two then i'm, I'm right back you know, I, I rarely have injuries and that was my first serious injury and that's what really kind of made it difficult for me because I wasn't used to having injuries like that. So that kind of set me they back. They put you in a boot, in, right? Put me in a boot. Yeah. Um, I, I, was 12, I, had to, I was 12 weeks out, so I missed training camp and all that stuff in Memphis. So that was pretty difficult for me, uh, missing my first training camp and not being able to – you know, I was around the team, but it was, I wasn't physically, like, around, you know what I mean? So when I did get back, yeah. it was just like – slowly trying to get back and then it was like downhill from that kind of you know what i mean because i know i yeah. had so many you know had so much high expectation for me then fizz getting fired and then jb taking over and then here i couldn't really find a rhythm it was it was late pretty much a late rhythm that i started getting um uh, i didn't play that many games um there either so that was pretty difficult uh but like I said, like I still didn't give up, you know, when I got traded back to SAC, you know, 
I stayed with it, knowing the circumstances there in Sacramento because I just left there. So I know what I was dealing with. I know what to prepare um, throughout the whole situation, that whole you know front office and the coaching staff and things like that. So I was prepared for whatever situation I was going to be dealing with. Ben, that's, that's amazing. And, and let, let me ask you this. How do you always stay positive through these situations? Like you had been at the top of the top and never injured and you were always killing it. You had great years. Then you go down, you get injured, and then you get traded, and then you get cut. Like how do you always keep a positive mindset, man? All right. Got to tell you about this game changer. I use it all the time. Four Sigmatic. Now, Four Sigmatic is a hundred of the most nutrient-dense packed superfoods all combined together. And in mushrooms, nutritional mushrooms packed, just packed with abilities to boost immune system, boosting longevity, improving digestion, achieving weight loss, even cancer-fighting properties. They are one of the healthiest things that you can put into your body to optimize your body, whether it's lion's mane, whether it's chaga, whether it's their cacao hot chocolate, and their coffee, their organic coffee. It's just all so good. And for you listeners, 1% or listeners, special discount deal for you guys. Check in the show notes. It'll be right there. See how much you can save on Four Sigmatic and optimize your mind, your body, your sleep, and just make it taste really, really good. Uh, a lot of people ask me that, like friends and family ask me, but I got like, you know, my guy Ray in my corner. You know, I got family yeah. members, my wife, my kids, you know, things like that. So I have good people, great people around me to continue to, that supports me, uh, to keep me positive, like a positive head on me. Um, and I try to stay, obviously, I, I try to stay as much positive as I can because I know I've dealt with adversity throughout my whole entire life. And, and besides basketball, off the court as well, just, you know, growing up in, in St. Louis and the city I grew up in, Wellston, you know, growing up in, through poverty and things like that. Mom worked for nine to five and, you know, single mother raising six kids. Like I dealt with adversity way before, you know, this lifestyle. So that's yep. the way I was able to really handle on the court stuff because it's like off the court stuff is way worse than this on the court stuff. So I was it was kind of easy to to get through and, and stay positive, especially having the right people around you as well. So good, so good. T- touching on that, you know, you kind of talking about where you where you came from, where you from. Uh, I actually got to go. Uh, to his hometown, oh, yeah. I think it was last summer. Uh, yeah. He got his got a whole weekend, the BMAC weekend, man. He's a legend <laughs> back home, so I got to go there and see that. Um, but you know that a lot of people who who don't know about where guys are from, the lifestyle, mm. they look at NBA players, right, and they're like, "Oh, your your life is easy. You're getting paid a lot of money. All you got to do is hoop. You guys are already good." They don't understand, you know, everything that comes with it. You know, yeah. they don't understand that where you come from, the adversity you experience, and then, you know, people, even with your career, there's a time when, you know, people say, oh, Ben's not this, he's not that. They don't understand that you're a lottery pick. Coming in the sack, you have three different coaches. You know what I'm saying? And, what, a year and a half? And then you you break your foot. You, you sign a deal in Memphis. Then you get traded back to sack. Then for a second, you know what I'm saying, you're out the league, which you have to deal with your family, that whole situation. Like, they don't see that, you know what I mean? But I think 
all those things happening in your life, in your career, I think that it was just part of God's plan. And when you got to Houston, it was like, okay, Ben's been through everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ben's been through hell and back. And now I'm going to give him this opportunity. And I think that's why it all came together. Because I had seen Ben work out since we were in the draft. We got drafted together. We were both out here in L.A. But the mentality, the Ben that you could see, you know, last summer, uh, preparing for this opportunity, you could tell he was mature. He was married now. He's got a family. It was time. And, you know, I'm saying, like, my hat goes off to you for what you did and accomplishing in Houston. And, I mean, now, it's, I mean, you shot 40 from the three. You know what I'm saying? You averaged over 10 points. You had your best year since, what, probably, what, your second year in the league second in SAC? Year. You know what I'm saying? When you averaged 12. It was it was your second year in SAC, right? Yeah, second year. But it just takes time. It's the timing and opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. That's a long, I'll elaborate a long time. But maybe just kind of touch on to that. Like, you think it was all, like, all those things combining together. You were able to really kind of find yourself and then use, like, it's, it's time okay. to make it happen now? I think, yeah, I think. We all know, like, if you know my story and what I've been through, you know, like, all right, it's time. It's, eventually, it's time for him to shine because he, he found a home that fits him, found a home that's going to appreciate him and also give him the opportunity to flourish and, and, and build that confidence within him. And it's just all about the situation. We all know that. Like, if you put me in a situation where they're going to they let me do what I want to do, you know, I'm going to flourish, you know, even guys yeah. that, that in our draft class, right. And like we see the Giannis and Victor Obipo, the Otto Porter, you know, sparring, you know, guys, uh, it's just all about right timing, right situation. And yeah. this is the right, this was my right time that God put me in a position for it, And I was, I prepared much of it. No and doubt. You, and I think everything you, you, happens you, for a reason, you know? So, yes. You know what I love about that so much, Ben, is is appreciation. Like, when you feel appreciated and that you have a valuable role in anything, like people at their job, like, that is the number one motivator that anybody can have. That's why mm-hmm. my uncle's been a successful coach at Toronto because he, he he makes people feel appreciated in their roles and empowered in those roles. And Dan Tony does an amazing job of that at, at Houston. So that's there's so much power into that. And you know, I wanted to touch on a quick point of the a, a skill set that goes underrated. And Pat Beverly talked about this. It's 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 hard work is a skill, but also. It is you have to do it. Like, you have to make it happen. Like, you coming from a tough situation and upbringing in St. Louis, like, you probably gave yourself no other options. Like, it's either I get out through basketball or I'm done. Like, it's Absolutely. like that is a killer mentality to have that people don't understand how difficult it is, but it is it is a skill that you probably have used throughout your entire life now. Absolutely. And to this day, I still am, even through the course of, you know, in the playoffs and, you know, yeah. being with Houston Rockets is just like, I didn't know I was going to make the team when I coming towards coming, you know, to the team. I didn't know like, all right, if I'm going to make this team, it's just like, all right, I got to do this, all these different things so I can make this team. You know what I mean? And that was my mindset, like going in, like, all right, I want coming in, like, all right, they need to shoot it. So I know I'm going to make this team or yeah, whatever. I know it's the perfect fit, so I'm not, I wasn't coming in like, I know it's the perfect fit, I'm going to make this team because I need a shooter like this. 
No, I was like, all right, I know this is my fit. So I'm going to do the things that they want to see from me on a whole different level to make them like, all right, we need this guy. We want to, we going to take this guy. So Give them the opportunity. And even when, and then when I did make the team, it was like, all right, I'm not done. I want to show them like I can be in the games, crunch time. I can play in these games. I could do this on, like in crunch time minutes. You know what I mean? And I showed it throughout the whole season and even during the playoffs and postseason. So it's just all Man, about that's, that's and, so and, good. And, and giving the opportunity and, 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 and the coach, Dan Tony, and my teammates giving me like, the confidence that I already had and just building my confidence on another level and then just building that chemistry with James and Russ, PJ, and then with the coach and stuff and things like that. It just made my game even easier and made their games even easier too. Speak, speaking about um, James and Russ, like how much – how much did that help you? Because I, I remember when we were in SAC, we kind of had we had I, IT, Isaiah Thomas, uh, and then we had Rudy and Demarcus. You know what I'm saying? Those are kind of like our our guys that we look to for answers, and they mm-hmm. and they definitely were we were cool with them on and off the court, which helped a lot. Um, what about James and Russ? I mean, that's a whole different dynamic for you. Now you have like two super superstars in the NBA, mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know. From the season, you know, look like you guys were always really cool, really good friends, all and off the court. Like, did that help a lot too? It helped a lot. And then, and right away, when I signed with with Houston, James and Russ, you know, they made sure that, you know, they took me under their room, um, especially James, and, and obviously, and then throughout the course of the season, just, you know, learning different types of the games from them guys uh, and then learning from PJ defensively things and stuff like that, that helped me stay on the floor even more. Um, but just with those three guys, man, it, it, it gave me the confidence that I already had, but on another level, like a different swag, you know what I mean? Like coming in out there, like, yeah. man, I could be out here with these guys. Like I could play with these guys. Like my swag was different being on this team than previous teams and, years and things like that. My swag was just on a whole another level with this team. And that's just the way that this team has been throughout the years. You know what I mean? They give them guys like, you know, role guys confidence to go out there and have a different swag that they never had throughout, you know, the time in the league. Um, and that helped me a lot. I mean, um, on both ends of the floor, uh, learning the game even more, being experienced and then obviously being able to make the postseason for the first time in my career, uh, that also helped me a lot too. Ben, ben went down yeah. to H Town, got his swagger back, <laughs> got dreads going. <laughs> I feel you. I, okay. Hey, Ben, you hit on such an important point, and you said it multiple times: is confidence, and people don't understand yeah. how. How underrated that skill set is, is having the confidence and having the unshakable confidence that you have. Like, you're talented, you're gifted, but if you don't have confidence and self-belief in yourself, none of that matters. I think, I mean, what do you think? I I think it's the most important aspect to have, to have that type of belief in yourself. I agree. I mean, Rick and Bouch, man, he's seen seen me play. He's seen, like, when I don't have confidence and I just play out, just playing, like, timid or... Don't want to make mistakes and stuff like that. Like I mess up, I and then I, I then the coaches pull me and stuff like that. It's just 
stuff. Like it throws your whole game off, your whole swagger off, and yeah. you just gotta have that confidence within yourself. And then the rest is gonna work out for itself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you don't have confidence in your game, and obviously you say you a hell of a skilled guy, but if you go out there just don't want to make mistakes, like mm-hmm. your confidence is just going. You're going to lose your confidence. Like it's it's a game of basketball, man. We all going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Even the greats make mistakes, but it's just all about learning from your mistakes and playing through your mistakes. And you got to be on a, a team that lets you play through your mistakes and learn from your mistakes and stuff like that. Continue to watch film or whatever and help you. Uh, but sometimes that wasn't like sometimes in, in you know in sack that was like that sometimes and in Memphis sometimes here and there. But being in 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 Houston, they they let me play through my mistakes. They let I let me learn from mistakes. I watched film a lot, a lot of guys, and that helped build my confidence more. Just saying like, all right, I know I need to do that better. I need to be there next time. So when I do get on the floor and I do it. Now it's just like, all right, play more minutes, and now the coaches really have their confidence in me to put me in them top different situations in the game, and it just takes off, takes your game on a whole nother level. Man, hey, every player and every coach needs to listen to what you just said right there. You have just defined how to make the ultimate culture. I think you and Ray should be coaches together. Like you know how it's done now. What's up? It's, it's, it's time. Now he, we got time. We got we got we got a couple more years. <laughs> Maybe six, seven years from now, somewhere around. There. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm. We got time, we're gonna yeah. throw you we on the time. on the on the rapid fire hot seat now, so it can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind. The rapid fire hot seat. First one we got for you. Do you have a favorite mindset quote or a saying? Or something that you live by, something that could be on your fridge, on your mirror. Uh, I say this a lot. Uh, obviously, stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. Um, oh, that's good. And humble and hungry. Nice, man. Wait. Gave us two of them. I okay. love it. Hey, are those are those tatted on you? Yeah, that too. So, stay, okay. Um, <laughs> humble and hungry is tatted on me, Eric. I got an Arab because my, my manager, yeah. like that, uh, my manager has Azim. He's Arab, so I end up getting humble and hungry, tatted on me. That's cool. So I use those two there a lot. There you go. Yeah. Hey, what is, uh, what is your de- definition of what leaving a legacy is to you? Uh, what's the definition of leaving a legacy to me? Like, I what would you want to be remembered as? I want to leave as a great father to my kids. Nice. Oh, that's the main thing. So it's, this is nothing got nothing to do with basketball, um, but just being a great father to my kids, um, just leaving a legacy. Uh, them seeing like, man, dad, you play with all these different teams. You play with all these different players, all these superstars. You made it. You did so much for the community. Uh, gave back. Uh, different things like that and so it is for my kids so man that's such a good answer that's uh, i respected you so much before that but now i now i love you even more man yeah, that's that's awesome that, man. family first so good hey what was a moment that you realized you can be very specific on this was there a moment you realized man welcome to the nba i'm in the nba 
Like most people say, oh, maybe the time I got dunked on or something like that, or maybe you dunked <laughs> on somebody. Was there that moment that stuck out to you? Um, this moment will always stick out to me, and I'll probably play Ray as well. It's just, just getting drafted, period. You know what I mean? Just getting yeah. drafted. And yeah. Things like that, man. I think that moment would always stay with me, just walking across the stage and shaking David Stern's hand, put on that hat. Cool. You know, that would be always a moment for me that I made it to the NBA. Man, that's awesome. Got to ask, who, who was the hardest player you had to defend? My te- current teammate. Okay. James? Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Harder than Russ. He's harder to defend than Russ? Uh-oh. See, look, man, it's crazy, guy. I tell you stories. <laughs> a lot of Houston stories. Um, it's actually fun playing against these guys because, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. during the season, I was usually starter or not a off the, um, you know, six man off the bench, whatever, or coming off the bench. But in practice, um, I'm usually on the second team. So it's just always, it's been fun guarding them guys now all of a sudden. It's, you know, then when I was on like opposing team, when it was like, dang, I got guard James and I got to guard Russ. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. Yeah. And I always have crack jokes with Russ all the time. Like, remember you, OKC? I would lock that shit up. He's like, remember I dunked on you when you was in sack? I spit the uh, spit uh, Jason Thompson and you try to come across the low man. I, and I dunked. I was like, bro, you didn't dunk on me. Like, I just, it was a flyby. So he's always crack joking it. And I always guard him in practice, kind of just talking stuff. Because he loves talking stuff. So I always talking stuff to him, guarding him, me and Austin Rivers. And then James is just, you know, when I was on different teams, just guarding him. I'm like, damn, I guard James, man. Like, <laughs> this nigga's so hard to guard. You know what I mean? So just yeah. guarding him in practice now, just it's fun. Because it's like, all right, I know what he's going to do now. It's like, either he's doing this step back, or he's going to try to get past you. And he's, Strong as hell. That's one oh strong my gosh. guy, man. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't tell guarding him when on opposing team, but being a practicing, being on his team now, like that guy is strong, man. Yeah, yeah, so. man. That's what I tell me. Like Charles Barkley and James Harden use their butt better than anybody else. Like that guy, when he gets around you, you can't get back around him. Yeah, it's hard, man. Uh, ben, how, how how can we all follow you, everything that you do, and any way we can support you, any foundations? How can everybody learn more about Ben McLemore? Uh, you can follow my um, uh, Kevin McLemore Foundation, uh, obviously named after my little brother that passed away a year ago, about a year ago, going on two years now, man. It's crazy. Uh, uh, my Kevin McLemore Foundation, I do, like Ray said, I do a um, a weekend, charitable weekend, uh, BMAC weekend um, every summer. Obviously, this year couldn't couldn't happen because of COVID. Uh, so stay tuned for next year. Hopefully, things uh, clear up. And next year, um, I'm gonna um, have it in Kansas City this year. So you're welcome to come. So yeah, <laughs> KC Mo, get yeah. out of St. Louis. Yeah, so I'll have it in Kansas City next year. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you can follow me on all social media to keep up or follow the Houston Rocket page and kind of keep up with me and things like that. So, Love it. For Love sure. It. Hey, so, Ben, last one, man. Since this, though, this is a one percenter podcast, what uh-huh. does being a one percenter mean to you? Uh, uh, 
obviously I'm, you know, grateful to be in, in, in that percentile. But to me, I think it's, it's a duty and a responsibility to, to give back to the communities and all the homes and things like that. Nice. And I think it's just something that, you know, I have to do and I love doing it, obviously. And I want to do and continue to do that and stuff. So that what it means to me is to continue to have, uh, have a duty and a responsibility to give back. Ben, that's, um, that's amazing, man. Like, you are using your platform for something far greater than just basketball alone. And throughout this this interview, I mean, you're talking about the most important thing about being a father, your charity, giving back, being the most – anything before you ever talked about, you never said anything about getting a big contract or winning, being an all-star, championship rings. Like, you have so much more that you're going to impact the world on than just, than just basketball alone, man. It's an – it's an absolute honor and blessing to have you on this podcast. I know you and Ray are very close, so it's like I know you're you're an amazing dude doing amazing things. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it a lot. Well, yeah, thank thank you for coming on. But hey, what what, what what's your rap name before we let you off? What's your rap name going to be? <laughs> young Sav. Ray tell you. <laughs> That's Young Sav, man. Yes, all right, man. Young Sav, I'm going to be on you, Ben. Like hey. you, you're going to speak this into existence, and he's you're going to be a long way too. He's going to be dropping albums. I, yep. He can auto-tune, all that. Oh, he can time. sing what you, you actually, want. He can you dance. He's got videos. All right, we'll, go we'll have a second podcast where we talk all about that next time. Hey, hey are you dropping anything anytime soon? Uh, I'm in I'm in process of doing it, but you can go on um, all platforms right now. I dropped an EP about a month or two ago before the bubble uh, called Life Door Quarantine. So when all this stuff happened, you know, the three months we nice. was in quarantine, I dropped the, um, an EP, so you can check it on iTunes and stuff. But I am probably gonna drop probably a mixtape before I drop my Uh-oh. Life in a Bubble um, album. So be prepared. Hey, for let that. me know when you want me to get on track. Let me get on track three, bro. <laughs> now he wants to get on the track. <laughs> <laughs> let me know. I'll get on there with you. For sure, man. man you're awesome, beat, man. man. That was really, hey, beat. that was really, really good. No, I appreciate you guys having me, too. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the 1% Podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% Podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, from high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. And if you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference.